0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to discussing Trek. Today, we are reviewing the self-titled premiere of the newest Star Trek series, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and we've kicked everybody else off the ship. This is me and the first officer talking about this episode, Jonathan Shorts. What's up, man?
1: Oh, man, not much, man, not much. I am excited to talk with you about this one. I, I'm so excited about this series. I don't know about you, but... And maybe we said this a lot, but man, this is like, this is the most excited I've been about a Star Trek series that we've gotten so far.
0: Oh yeah, man, me too. And I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts. And we're going to get right into the Star Trek Strange New Worlds premiere, which was written by Akiva Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman, and Jenny Lumet, while the episode was directed by Akiva Goldsman.
1: Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. I'll give you the right cannot
0: destroy and undo at ease before you sprain something no cow jones no beats we're just going to get the overall view of this episode jonathan what did you think of this series premiere
1: man can you say star trek is back and maybe maybe it falls short <laughs> on through the season i don't see how they had me from the theme at the beginning. We could have ended the show there and I would have been happy. But I don't know about you, man, but I just got those classic Trek feels from this. And I don't want to take anything away from the rest of the series. They're all great. But do you want that classic Trek that we've been talking about so much? This was it.
0: Oh, man. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Even from the... They made this bumper that they're now showing at the very beginning. I guess they're going to do this for yes. all the Trek shows, but they have the little yes. Star Trek emblem, knowing that you're getting ready for a lot of good Trek. It was perfect. Yeah, and it just feels like they're setting this series up to be like the tent pole of all their Trek with Picard having one last season. Who knows how many more seasons of Discovery we'll get. But hopefully, this kind of lends itself as a template for everything going forward. Because I'm like you, all the trek feels, the bookend at the end, the little warm feeling in your heart when the (laughs) credits drop. Oh man, it was so great.
1: Yes, I I I absolutely loved it. You know, and I guess we kind of knew this already, right? But it didn't set home for me until I watched the until we watched the opening sequence. And you see him saying, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. And you're seeing this visual of the 1701 Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's Enterprise. And it's saying these voyages of exploration, meaning we're going to talk, we're going to show you different scenarios of how we started this journey of exploring And meeting new civilizations and learning and going where no one has gone before. You're going to see that. And hopefully that's what I see every episode from here on out. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, man. Even the the title sequence gave me flashbacks of of Voyager a little bit, you know, of course, of, of TOS and TNG. It's just, man, they are setting this up to be just a beautiful series. And it strikes me that Akiva Goldsman is kind of the showrunner here. He directed and wrote some of this this first, I think he wrote a teleplay, but he uh, had writing credits for this episode along with Gina Lomet and Alice Kirchman. But yep. he he was a part of Discovery when Discovery first started. So if you look at the shift in Discovery from season one, season two, and uh. it, it started to feel very different in season three and four. Those are the seasons he w- I don't think he was there. Now, he may have had some writing capacity with him, but I don't think he was doing much on that. He had started to launch his own show in Strange New Worlds once we got season two of Discovery. But let's talk about that for a minute. The USS Discovery is jettisoned into the future while the crew of the Enterprise is left to deal with the aftermath. So it's brought up several times in this episode, but I want to ask you, man, how do you feel about this being possibly a spin-off of season two of Discovery, as well as a spin-off from the original Star Trek commissioned pilot, the cage?
1: I don't know that I'll necessarily look at it as a spin off. More of a maybe a tie in. You know, when when I when I hear spin off, it feels like whatever that's spinning off has to live up to what it's spin off from. Yeah. In this case, I think it tied into something to give us point of reference, but I don't expect it to be tied to
0: Discovery. No, not at all. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. So when I say when you say spinoff from Discovery, I'm like, eh, I Honestly, I hope not. <laughs> I, I want to hear that reference. I want to know how. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I hope not. You.
0: <laughs> the reason I brought it up is that. I, I, of course, you go to Twitter and see what people are saying on Twitter about Strange New Worlds. And then somebody brought the question. So basically, this is a spinoff of Discovery. And you could just see the anger <laughs> ease through the comments of people just being furious. Yeah, it was a lot of hate. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it is sort of a a spinoff as far as the characters being ever present in season two of Discovery. Uh, and, and And the Enterprise as a ship being ever present. And you go all the way back to the cage 60 years ago. So in some aspects, it is a spinoff, but it is spiritually its own thing. Right.
1: And I I feel like I feel like that's the kind of direction they're going to go. Although I appreciate the opening tie in for Discovery because it gave them a starting point. Right. Yeah. We needed a problem to start this series. And the first problem, well, I mean, there had to be repercussions for what happened when Discovery left. There's questions like someone knew about this. Yeah,
0: yeah, there was left left to pick up the pieces. Right. Something
1: happened. Somebody saw something. Somebody knows something. There were too many people involved. Like somewhere, somehow this is going to be a problem and we need to understand that and fix it. So, yes, that's the starting point for me.
0: And I think even at the time we, we asked about it, you know, this big war before Discovery goes to the future. You got the Kelpians <laughs> jumping in, the Klingons jumping in, but none of this is heard from again <laughs> in the future. And I was mean,
1: like, this didn't happen. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: It's classified. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was Cal Jones's beats for this episode, by the way. It's classified. I'm saying <laughs> classified. it Classified, <now>. yeah. <laughs> but you have Captain Pike even personally dealing with some very – Deep repercussions of what happened in season two of Discovery with his going to the Klingon planet of Bereth and seeing his future. Again, how do you think Pike is dealing with said repercussions in this episode? Seeing his future, seeing that he's going to die, how do you think it's going to inform him going forward?
1: I think he's dealing with it fairly well. I mean, well, as can be expected. I mean, what if someone gave you a glimpse into how you were dying, how you were going to die? Like, and he made a mention of that, or maybe Spock made a mention of it. You either live every moment, like, you know, when it's going to happen and you're going to live freely or you're going to live every mo- moment reserved. You know what I mean? Or trying to change that Like, how do you process that? And then Pike's like hesitation of taking command again, I think is spot on. Cause if you're dealing with all of that, how do you deal with that and lead the flagship of the Federation and its crew?
0: Yeah, it's, very interesting because, again, if you go back to the cage, in the cage, he was feeling the weight of command and he was even talking about leaving Starfleet at the time. Uh-huh. So we circle back all these years later and it's a different kind of weight. It's a weight of seeing what's going to happen to him that is keeping him from going back to do something that he's obviously excellent at doing,
1: <laughs> being captain. <laughs> So let me ask you this, though. I don't and you're more of the you more, you know, a little bit more of the original series than I do. Uh But Admiral April, like I, obviously he wasn't seen on screen, but he was mentioned in the original series time or two. And he used to uh Pike was his first officer. So do you know any more about that than I know?
0: So I don't know if he was mentioned in the original se- series. Maybe he could have been, but I didn't. I don't know where. I know he was mentioned in I think even the creator mentioned this on Twitter in the last few days. He was a creation of the animated series if I'm remembering correctly.
1: He was mentioned I I mean I did look it up, but briefly. He was mentioned in the original series, but he was shown, he had a part on the yeah. animated series. Yeah, he
0: was shown in the animated series and he's also mentioned in Discovery season 1, I believe. There was a screen right. So, yeah, it was very interesting to to see them bring this character into live action. Now, I think he was a white guy on the other one. <laughs> so, and, and basically, the actor that plays him is the same actor who plays Uncle Phil in the new Fresh Prince reboot. So oh, he's yeah, that is. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was really cool to see him on screen, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I, I did like that uh, opening sequence, though, with the. Him in the cabin, and uh, it kind of reminded me of
0: Generations a little bit to me. Yeah, yeah, with, with, yeah, with that, Captain Kirk being in the cabin,
1: right? That, and I just I kind of felt like a lot of the Picards. You know, when we see Riker in the cabin with Diana. Oh
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I really liked seeing that, and I also like the twist. I know we we're kind of jumping around, but I also like the twist too, where we see he has a significant other and i think she's named let me get it captain patel which is pike's love interest but she's a captain too so i I appreciate them both being on the same rank whereas in other times you'd see a a lesser rank with the higher ranked person so i I like that
1: is it i I mean so okay uh yeah we're jumping around i apologize (laughs) Um, <laughs> how deep is this love interest? Like, was this a, like, are they girlfriend, boyfriend, like fiance? Or is it like, I picked you up at the bar last night. <laughs> I kind of got different feels throughout this sequence.
0: It 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 felt like something a little bit more permanent to me. But who knows? We didn't really get a lot of information on that. But I, I liked it regardless. I thought it was pretty well, cool.
1: And then she say, I'm leaving in a month. And he's like, well, you know, I'll probably still be here. You know, call me, look me up.
0: Hey, I'm here flipping pancakes. and
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, he kind of said that, like, he just picked her up last night or something.
0: Oh, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe so. But,
1: I mean, her interaction and the questions she's asking him and the concern for him, it says that it's a more of a permanent thing. But in either case, I did like it. I did like it.
0: Hey, she's one transporter beam away.
1: Let's be serious here. And she has a deeper security clearance than he does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I just love that whole Montana sequence. Now, uh, I looked it up. So they're in Bear Creek, Montana, which is about two and a half hours from Bozeman, Montana. Nice. Yeah, yeah I that stuff. <laughs> good job there, sir, Mr. Ghoul Oh, so real quick, I do. In talking about just real quick go, to go back about how Pike was dealing with his death. Uh, he made the statement, humans feel like we can cheat death up until the very last instance. And I like how they kind of keep that through line throughout the episode where we see the new commander or number one.
1: Yeah. And then isn't that like a descendant of Khan or something?
0: Yeah, it seems to be a descendant of Khan. Um, So that's another good nod. Man, they just got so much good stuff through that. (laughs) (laughs) But but she and they even tied the Gorn into her story of being captured by the Gorn. But she mentioned that she always thought she would die. So that's how she was able to make it through. Uh, And I think that kind of is going to, or even by the end of the episode, it enlightens Pike to know that knowing the time he's going to die can be a strength rather than a deterrent. Right. Yeah. So I really like how they tied that in.
1: Let me ask you this. And I I talked to our uh, other co-host Jeremy about this the other day, this character, the new number one, like I really like this character. And I have two questions. She's good.
0: I'm gonna you. She reminds me of first though.
1: Go. You, I, you I watched his pants, right?
0: Yes, I thought of
1: Kamina drummer.
0: Yeah, I thought it was the same actor. Yeah, I didn't. Look- I did too. <laughs> I looked it up. They're so similar in their harshness. I just and love the her. voice. I love her. It, yeah, like the accent and the
1: voice almost sounded exactly the same. Yeah. And I, I, was, I looked it up. I had to because I was like, that would be so awesome if this would have been it, but it wasn't.
0: She's kick ass, man.
1: Yes, she is. But my other question: uh, What is is she? Are we? Is she human? Oh,
0: uh, yeah, I think she's human.
1: Okay, so um, we're jumping, and I'm sorry, but I gotta know. So what was this thing? And I know we'll get to the doctor where he did his like finger under her eye, and she did the same. What does that mean?
0: Maybe they had a relationship or something. I really, I think that was something he threw in there, but I didn't, I didn't get what that meant either. So I'm thinking maybe they'll have a relationship, something that we don't know about that'll be uncovered.
1: Uh, I, but I did like that character. I did like her. Who would you say would that would that take the space of uh, Una? Uh,
0: no, uh, Una is a a, a big shoe to field, I believe. But because <laughs> even we, we, we get the revelation that Una is the one that saved her from the Gorn. So, right. I don't think she'd take her place. But who knows? Who knows what they're going to do in the next season? I think they're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> with with Star Trek
1: I know I'm gonna get a lot of backlash but I think I'd rather see this number one than Una oh she seems more fun
0: how dare no. you man how dare you <laughs> well we see where Pike invites her to be the um security officer so we're going to see her as security officer going forward right. so uh, she'll still be there giving her opinion about Ray Shields and I liked her <laughs> she has she has very good tactical awareness, expertise, tactical awareness, awareness yeah. expertise yeah Yes, yeah, so I really love that about her. So I can't wait to see more. She's really awesome. One of my favorites. Her along with Ortegas. Ortegas is freaking amazing too. Very strong women in this series, and I'm loving. it.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I, 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 I did. I although you know I kind of want to get more into the Bridge Crew a little bit, the new Bridge Crew that we're getting. Um, I would like to hear more.
0: But you know what? We already know more about this Bridge Crew than we know about Discovery's Bridge Crew. In one episode. True story. In True one episode, story. man. How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> Dare I say the writers? <laughs> you may. You may.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you are absolutely right. But, I, I, I mean, I, there's still more to be had. And, yeah, let's not blow our load all on the first episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we still want to get more information. And I would love to get more information on this doctor because we don't get to see him much in the original series.
0: Yeah, Umbinga. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we yeah a few times I remember seeing him. I can't, you know, I'm not a Tos expert myself as I don't think neither we are of us no. are, but but I do remember seeing him some in, in the original series. And and speaking of characters that are from the original series, we have. Of course, Captain, well, Captain Pike in the pilot and the the rerun episode that they used his character in. <laughs> and and uh, we have Cadet Yohira here, yeah. you know, the, the prodigy, as Pike puts it, Nurse Chapel, of course, who was originally portrayed by Major Barrett, who also portrayed the original Una. Right. And we, I don't know if we had the rest of Una's name, but we do get it in this series. Commander Una Chen Riley.
1: No, I don't think we've ever had that.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting.
1: And can I say great casting choice for uh Uhura?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I really like this actor. She is now I, I read somewhere in the saw somewhere she's a Grammy Award winning but singer, I guess. Because you were, really you were a Grammys for singing, right? So I don't know yeah. what she's done. <laughs> I need to look it up.
1: Well, you know, Uhora sings in a couple of episodes.
0: Yeah, so maybe we'll get this actor singing doing, doing her best you hear a singing impression <laughs> at some point in the future that would be freaking amazing yeah so that's cool oh also we get to pring
1: yes which Ooh. a mock
0: time folks you know who to pring is and they did a great job of setting it up too <laughs>
1: hey hey man kudos to spark
0: man <laughs> Well, let's, let's talk about that spark spark to ping interaction there she man. proposes to him is that the normal? I didn't know that. I don't know. Is that Vulcan ritual there for the woman to propose? I,
1: I maybe. <laughs> trick fans right in and let us know. Is that the is that the way it goes? I don't. I didn't know that.
0: Man, but I just thought they did a great job of laying down that groundwork there of yes. where we get to a mock time when we know she's going to be mad that Spock has been out gallivanting around about the universe <laughs> and she needs her man, right? <laughs>
1: Man, and that listen again. Great choice, an actor. She is beautiful. Oh, she beautiful. is.
0: She is quite. Yeah, of, of course, of course, one hundred percent. So great casting there.
1: And also, can I also comment on? This is a credit to the writers and the actors. You saw so much emotion in that sequence without yes. them showing any emotion.
0: Yes. Well, I will. It it did seem as if Spock showed a little, so I I, I equated that to his half human side. Yeah. Bleeding through. But
1: still very, very much, very, not a very lot. Like it, I kept looking for smiles and frowns and grins and I saw not much of it. Yeah. Maybe Spock cracked the half grin, but I mean, there was so much emotion in this sequence. Like it blew me away that, and they were not showing it. So great job
0: to the writers and actors. Yeah. You have to think, how do you do a love sequence between two Vulcans? But they made it work. They made it they work. Did. So they did. They did. That was really good. Again, Admiral Robert April doesn't really give Pike a choice. He says, you know, you're to Enterprise. Get the space dock. You have a mission. to Go rescue Una. She's got herself in trouble. <laughs> so one of the big, I don't know if it's a gripe, but I guess it's a question I have about this episode. Is there much plausibility in a three man team taking what looks like a sizable ship in the USS Archer on a mission? Because to think of only Una. And two astrophysicists? Is it plausible?
1: Yes. It l- not likely though. I don't see I don't see Starfleet saying, hey, take three people and go on a first contact mission with a of what I'm assuming is a galaxy class starship, maybe not. Or a yeah. Constitution class. I mean, we've seen I think what episode was that a TNG where Beverly Crusher was pretty much operating the ship by herself. That's true. That's true. With the assistance of the computer. Now I know computers are a lot more advanced by then, but I think it may be possible, but again, I don't see Starfleet sending like purposely doing that.
0: I think that it may be a Hermes class, but it is a scout ship. Okay. I don't think we have a good idea what the actual size is in reference to the Enterprise. I think the one shot we get, it's way in the background, so you can't really tell.
1: And then why did why would the, like Starfleet never send scout ships to first contact missions?
0: Well, I don't think they were going to first contact. I think they were just going to see how do they get these weapons. So they were just going to investigate. Uh, okay, and okay. Got caught somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about why they were there. People on this planet have developed warp weapons, which it, they mentioned it in the episode. But it's very different from what we usually get. Usually, when warp is developed, is for travel. But in this case, they've developed it into a weapon first. What do you think of that idea in this episode?
1: I I like it. And you would think any developing species like and I mean, just think of Americans like when we get find a new power, like more than likely it's going to be thought of as a weapon first. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you saw that like there was the episode of Voyager when they were like caught in the gravitational pull of this planet that was ahead in time. And, like, they kept seeing Voyager and studying Voyager, and then eventually they developed antimatter technology that they started using to create warheads to shoot at Voyager. Yeah. And then toward the end, they used that technology to create a ship to actually fly to Voyager. But their first thought was shoot. And I think that would be the case with any not-as-advanced technological civilization. You give them that significant amount of power, the first thing they think of is weapon.
0: Yeah. Also, the fact that they're observing what's happening... In in the last episode of discovery season two, and it's a big war,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the bigger point, right? Like the, the technology you, you got, you seen used in war. So,
0: <laughs> so they're developing their tech there and Una and these three astrophysicists for some reason are there to, I don't know, observe or whatever. Of course we go to the planet, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit more about technology. And this is kind of where we get into trouble or, it makes it a little difficult to have a show that's a prequel to TOS. So nurse chapel has developed or someone in Starfleet has developed this experimental genetic engineering. Of course, we did not see this in TOS and after the disaster it was on this mission, maybe we have a good reason why. (laughs) What do you think about the genesis of this tech? Did, did did flocks use something similar to this? I can't quite remember.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, I don't remember. He's used it a couple of times, actually. But who knows? All right. Like, a, yes, there's a gap. I mean, in technological gap there between two of this and this. And really, I didn't notice it till you say it said something about it. And I guess the writers were hoping the same. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could have used it and they just never shown it on sc- on screen.
0: Yeah. And it could be that for some reason they don't want to use it anymore. Or just like with the hollow projections that we saw on Discovery, Pike said, rip all that out, (laughs) rip it out. Right. So it could be, you know, control. It could be a reason we don't use it anymore or, you know, or something like that. But something cool, other cool tech stuff that happened in this episode, they actually changed their uniforms during transport. What? (laughs) Where are my pants?
1: (laughs) That was good, oh, uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, I think that that's definitely a issue, a tech issue there, because I don't think that technology would have been available right now.
0: Yeah, and did they beam that Ooh. additional vial right into Spock's yeah. bloodstream? Is that what happened?
1: You know, so I I didn't have the only problem I had with tech was this particular part until you mentioned these other two, and yeah, that's valid problems. But the best I could come up with was they beamed it directly in front of his eye
0: mm. so the
1: scanner could pick it up. Otherwise I just I don't think I don't think there's been transporter transport technology yet that would have been that advanced.
0: Yeah, that was that was uh, I was a little confused on that. So hopefully well I don't think we will, but maybe some ex- <laughs> we'll get explanation for that. Maybe this is some hot shot transport operator, uh Chief Kyle, I think that was his name. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's no O'Brien, so we'll see.
0: They beam down to the planet, they get made, and on their way back to the ship, Pike makes a decision to make official first contact. And we always talk about General Order 1, and Pike says, "The hell with it."
1: <laughs> hell yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it- isn't that the captain that you always look for, though? Like, yeah, I think what makes the best captains are the ones that know when to follow the rules and when not to. Yeah. And sometimes not following the rules is going to get you the best results. And this was one of those times I'm really enjoying watching him as captain just in this first episode. And it kind of gives me a Cisco vibe.
0: And it's about he's pretty amazing. He's pretty amazing as captain. He is, other than his encounter on Bareth. he's pretty sure of himself. And he has all these funny little quips that yes. are just good writing, <laughs> I feel, in the episode as well.
1: And you can you can see why a crew would love to work for him, work with him. You know, when he was talking to the transporter chief, you know, the transporter chief is like questioning his reasoning or not bringing weapons down. So he's kind of uneasy about that. And, yeah. You know, he just got a little quip like, uh, don't lose my socks, chief. Like, it's just something that just kind of put that guy at ease. You know what I mean? And it'd be great to work for somebody like that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and then they didn't even have to do it, but they doubled down on him breaking General Order One by saying Starfleet <laughs> is making an initiative to call it the Prime Directive going forward. Like, that's so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is cool. I, I kind of wonder how did we get from General Order One to the Prime Directive? So that's a great explanation.
0: Oh, man. So... I want to ask you about any other notable thing that you saw or want to talk about in this episode that I have not covered. And I have a few other things I can bring up, but just I'm throwing it to your way for for just a bit here.
1: Uh, oh, man. I mean, we could um, we, there's not enough time to go through everything I liked about this episode. Uh, I mean, we could just mention the rescue attempt when he went to rescue owner that. I mean, there were some great quips in that. Yeah. Uh just the speech he gave to these aliens about, yes. you know, the like that was great. And I, I can't say enough great things about that. And I mean, just on and on, I could go through what we saw in this first episode.
0: And isn't that what's one of the great things we usually love about Star Trek is learning lessons. And he yes. uses the lessons of Earth's past of Star Trek Earth's past to uh, to tell them, you know, this civil war is just going to lead to ruin. You're just going to destroy your planet, destroy each other.
1: And like you alluded to earlier, not only lessons from Earth's past, but also lessons from his future that he's seen so far.
0: Yeah, so good. So good. He calls it Earth's flashpoint.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So I thought that was pretty cool as well. How did you like the overall look and feel of the show? Just the visuals. I mean, this is peak Trek. I mean, almost better than anything or just as good as anything we've seen in any movie.
1: You know what? I I mean, the visuals were great, but that to me didn't I didn't focus on that. I wasn't looking for that because of the story and the writing and the acting was so good. Like I I didn't really examine closely on this, just the general visuals of it. Although, again, that opening sequence of just the kind of faded in and out visuals of the ship. Yeah. Like I thought that was done really, really well. And just the visual of the bridge, which we kind of saw in Discovery as well. But like, I thought that was done well.
0: Seems like they brightened it up since Discovery. It's much darker.
1: Well, and I think Discovery was just more of a darker series (laughs) anyway.
0: Yeah. So we do get the dry dock, the the classic episode one dry dock scene with Pike, (laughs) I thought was, or space dock, excuse me, which I thought was just amazing as well. Yeah. And they were taking shuttle Stamets there.
1: I noticed that. (laughs) And gosh, did that bring up some questions. So again, somebody knew.
0: (laughs) And of course, Spock mentions the weight of the loss of his sister, you know, just throwing it sprinkling in when they can.
1: And Admiral April somehow, you know, he mentions that he did finally get the clearance to get the classified information, which I didn't think that's supposed to be possible for anybody.
0: Yeah, he said he had to turn some stones. to try to get- <laughs> It's really cool. Really cool there. Yes. I love the ele- elevator scene. I love the awkwardness of it when they were going down and, and spot oh, here yeah. kind of tip moves a little bit. I thought yeah. that was freaking amazing.
1: Oh, and the little part where uh, the, I forget her name, the new number one, you know, she fakes being hurt. And yeah. she's trying to signal to Spock to do the pinch. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was cool. That was cool. And also there was reference made to Una's old ship. It was called The King Jr. And they they specifically said The King Jr., which obviously to in my opinion is a reference to, to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which I thought was I
1: did not catch that. Yeah.
0: That's what I think it is. I could be wrong. People write in fans at Discussing tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> but that's what I got out of that.
1: And she was on the archer. I think we mentioned that, but I thought that was cool.
0: Do you think Ethan Peck's performance as Spock is just a little bit too robotic because it seems stilted to me, even more so than Leonard Nimoy.
1: No, no. <laughs> I mean, you got that. I, I think you you have to expect there's some growth between now and then.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially if you look at how Spock was in the cage. So maybe that right. does make some sense.
1: Like I, I'm I'm fine with it. And he's still not as stiff as you would think. I mean, I don't think he's as stiff as, let's say, Tuvok. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> I think I think we're going to see some growth through him.
0: What did you think of these habitat domes? And apparently during World War Three, they were sent to space to preserve life that could have got destroyed due to the nuclear war.
1: Uh, I didn't really put much thought into them. I, I like the idea, um, but it just kind of came out of left field for me. Yeah.
0: I I was somehow in my mind trying to tie it into what happened in Picard with the with uh, Rios's adopted son and him using the Mm. the uh, life that Renee found on the planet to create new water and new air. I've kind of tried to tie it in together, but maybe who knows?
1: (laughs) I mean, that that helps out more than I mean, I just kind of thought that was just one of those filler sequences. You know what I mean? Just we needed to add something in here unique. And that was it. Yeah.
0: And I think that's about all I have, but I will mention real quick. Pike, just excellent in, in peak form. Negotiations. Debate. These are the tools of a lasting peace. Hmm. Freaking amazing. <laughs> was so good.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I feel like we say this. I, I feel like we had kind of the same feels for Discovery season one, Elf one. Picard season one, Elf one. And, you know, Picard held true for the most part. I hope they keep the trend going here on Strange New Worlds. I really do. Yeah.
0: Well, nine more self contained episodes. So that's something to be excited about, something new each week. So, hey, who knows?
1: Yeah. So I can't wait. This one for sure, I will be up on Thursday morning watching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> for and, sure. And I also like the visual of them showing The Data Earth Stood Still, the classic film. Yes, and, and also <laughs> when Pike made the decision to actually reveal himself, he said, "Take me to your leader." <laughs> <quite as> well.
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. So good.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap up. And, and John, I have to ask you, sir, how do you rate this episode?
1: Oh man, I can't give you enough fives to to describe how I enjoyed this episode. So. <laughs> the biggest strongest brightest five i can give you that's what i'm writing
0: and of course man i'm right there with you for everything we just talked about i freaking love this episode i thought it was amazing and you know going into the summer i think this is going to be a fun fun ride i can't wait to dive into it even more
1: yes absolutely
0: and with that guys we are going to wrap up we're going to start back with trek trivia next week so stay tuned for that If you want to write us about this episode or anything we talked about recently, you can send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. Thank you for joining. And until next time, live long and prosper.